theyeshiva.net. Today's class was dedicated by the Mensch family, their real mention. In memory of their mother and grandmother, Malka Bas Ephraim, Tehenish Thank you very, very much for your menschlichkeit and your kindness and partnership. So please take a Torah, Megillus Esther, the first Maimer on Purim. It's page 179. In the Hebrew, it's Tzadik, column 1. You'll see on the top it says Vayakel, but this is the section of Megillus Esther, middle of the page. No, page 179. In the Hebrew, it's Tzadik, column 1. One side is the English numbers and Hebrew numbers, so I'm just giving both. Megillus Esther, it's the first mime of the Balatanya Purim. We finished last class, we had, I think it was Friday, we finished the Bechaydish Ashlishi of Parshas Yisrael. Um, and uh, so today we begin Ezra Hashem Yisbarach Anu Maimer. And this is the first Maimer that's published in Tairayit on Purim. Megillus Esther, there's many. Previous years we learned the different Maimarim. Vatoshet and Chayavinish Lebesume and Vayikach Haman and they're all on the yeshiva.net if anybody wants to review them. Very rich Maimarim. Huh? Besides the Shabbos Maimar, which can, we're going to continue, Bezer Hashem this Shabbos. For those who are here. So today we learned a Maimar. We actually never learned it before. It's, it's known as the Maimar of Yaviu Levush Malchus. This Maimar was said by the Balatanya Purim, Tofkuf Ayin Bez. 1812. The significance of that is that this was his last Purim in this world because the next year, Chavdala Tevis, the next year before Purim and Tevis, he passed away. <coughs> in that year, Tovkofayan Bays in June, Napoleon invaded Russia. I think on Yudbeis Tamuz, June 18, 1812, Napoleon from France came. I think with one of the biggest armies in history. He thought he will have a swift victory, but he did not. And he came from the direction of Western Europe. He came from France, and he invaded through Lithuania and Belarus into Russia, into the main part of Russia. Ultimately, he came to Moscow. So the Altareb didn't want to be under Napoleon, so he escaped his city, which is Liadi in Belarus, he escaped very, very far. It was a very difficult winter, and he ended up in the Ukraine, in a town called Piena, where he fell ill, and passed away there, Chavdal Tevis Tovkov Ayin Gimel, and is buried in Hadich, which was the closest Jewish cemetery there, in southern Ukraine, western southern Ukraine. So uh, this Maimer, I'm just mentioning the date, is very significant in that sense, Purim Tovkov Ayin Beis. The Maimer, as always, begins with a Pasuk. But it's interesting, it's curious, the Pasuk that he chose is actually a Pasuk where Haman speaks. It's not a Pasuk where Esther speaks, or Mordechai speaks, or even Achashvedr speaks. It's a Pasuk that Haman, it's a quote from Haman. So you say, why begin a Maimer with a quote from Haman? Well, we'll see what he sees in this Pasuk. Obviously, there's Haman speaking, and then there's the way Haman is quoted in the Tanakh. (laughs) Shananda Haman. You understand what I'm saying? The way Haman is quoted in the Tanakh, it's already part of the Tanakh. <laughs> right? So this is important to understand. 
So this is, this is going to be the Teichin of the Mayim. What does Haman say? Let's remember the context. Context is that the king, in chapter 6 of the Megillah, the king can't sleep. He's suffering from insomnia. And uh, they bring the diary of the palace, and uh, he reads about the person who saved his life, and he wants to honor him. Right At that moment, Haman comes to the courtyard and he wants to tell the king to execute Mordechai. He wants Mordechai to be hung. And uh, the king asks Haman, how can I honor somebody who I want to honor, who I want to glorify? And Haman is obvious that he means him because he's the man. So Haman now gives his offer, his suggestion. Now what does he say? This is the quote. These are Haman's words, Tachashverish. Yaviu Levush Malchus They shall bring the royal cloak which the king wears. Ashalavash Bayamalach, which the king dressed in. And then they should bring the Susashirachavalavamalach. The horse upon which the king rode. And then they should bring and then the crown, the royal crown that was put on the king's head should also be brought. So three things. You have the lavush, the cloak, you have the horse, and you have the crown. And then Haman finishes in the next posik. This is Megillah says to Perigvov, posik chesentes. Take the garment, take the horse, give it to one of the ministers of the king, and dress it put it on the king, on the person who the king wants to honor, and have him go on a horse throughout the city, and somebody shall declare, This is what's done to a person who the king wants to glorify. And of course, we know the end of the story, the topsy-turvy, the king tells Haman, do this exactly, what you did, what you take, what, what you just said, do it to Mardukai, because he's the person the king wants to do honor. That's the pshat, the shot of the story, and this is, so to speak, the beginning of the end of Haman, when things turned around and his enemy Mardachai is uplifted and Haman is denigrated, and then afterwards he'll be invited to a party, and Esther will accuse him of murder, of wanting, wanting to murder her, etc., and Haman ultimately would be hung. Now, the foundation behind the Maimer is, the Yisoyed, in many Svarim, and that is that every Pasuk in, in Tanakh can be read on different levels. There's Pshat, there's Remez, there's Drush, and there's Sait, there's the literal interpretation, and there's homiletical and spiritual and mystical interpretations and so forth, and it's not a contradiction. There's the literal meaning of the story, but there's also the spiritual meaning of the story, and they're connected, but they exist on different realms. And therefore... Even the stories that on one level are very physical and just historical, they just happen at some point. When you can decipher and unravel the spiritual component, it becomes a timeless story that becomes relevant to people throughout all the generations because it's not just about certain facts or places or props or times, but it's an ongoing saga and narrative within the human spirit. So this is the foundation behind that. The Indian of a Levush Malchus. He says, Yaviyu Levush Malchus. Bring the royal garment. Who Indian Mashakasov Hashem Malach Geus Lavish. 
there's a Levush Malchus for Achashvedish. But there's another Levush Malchus. It says in Chazal, the Gemara says that when it says Hamelech in the Megillah, it's also a Remez, it's a hint for Hashem. The Ramah writes, the Ramah has a commentary on Megillah, it's called Mechir Yayin, the price of wine. A nice name, Mechir Yayin, the price of wine. It's an expression from the Navi. So the Ramah writes that Achashvedish, from the Medrash, he quotes a Medrash, it's brought also on Mo'eriyoy, Achashvedish is Achariz Vireshiz Shaloi. The word Achashvedish has in it three words. The end and the beginning are his. Meaning, he combines the beginning and the end, all of history. Again, referring to Hashem. It's not a contradiction. There's Achashvedish on the level of Achashvedish, a Persian monarch who loved to drink and loved to do some other interesting things, which we won't get into detail at the moment. But you can read the Megillah and get uh, your impression from him. And there's also the Achashverish on a, on a spiritual level. So he says, when it says Yaviyu Levush Malchus, when Haman says Yaviyu Levush Malchus, there's two layers of Levush Malchus. Levush Malchus, literally the royal garments, the royal cloak. But there's another Levush Malchus. It says in Tehillim, and we say it in the Shir Shalyayim of Friday and Shabbos, Hashem Malach Geus Lavish. Lovish Hashem Oisiz Azar of Tikkun Teva Baltimet. What does that mean? Hashem Malach, Hashem became king. Geus Lovish. He got dressed up in Geus. Geus means exaltedness. The word Geus is connected to the word Gaiva or Kigoi Goa, right? Exaltedness. Aloof, sublime. Geus Lovish. He dressed up. He donned the cloak of Geus. At Ongeton, he put on the lavush of geos, of exaltedness, of roimimus, of isnasos, of sublimity. That's his lavush. It's a lavush of geos. What does this mean? In order to become malach, to become the king of the universe, to become the ruler of the universe, he had to, so to speak, put on a garment. The king has special garments. There's royal garments, yeah? So the Kohen Gadol, we learn in Parshat Zetzavah, has special garments. Hashem had a garment in order to become a melech. Pasuk is saying something. Hashem melech, and in order to do that, he had to put on, a, so to speak, a lavush. What's the lavush? Lavush is called geos, exaltedness. Then there is v'susa shirachav olav melech. So when Haman speaks about the lavush, it's also referring to the divine lavush, to the divine garment in order to be able to be a melech. And then there's something called Susa Shirach the horse of the king, who in Yenmashakasuv. This is what the Pasik says. The first Pasik was from Tehillim Tzadigimel. This Pasik is from Chavakoik, the Navi Chavakoik, chapter 3. Kisirkav al Susecha, Maikavaisecha Yeshua. When you ride Hashem on your horses, your chariots are made of salvation. So we see a concept by Hashem, Kisirkav al Susecha. The Novi Chavakak refers to Hashem riding on his horses. The third thing is, let's take the crown. We want the garment, we want the horse, we want the crown. The Pasuk says in Shirashirim, chapter 3, the famous Pasuk, Go out and see the King Shloimeh, look at the crown that his mother Get made for him on the day of his wedding and the day of Simchas Liboy. So Chazal say the Mishnah Maseches Tainus, the end of Maseches Tainus, 
that this is a marshal to the Torah of Hashem, B'yayim Chasunasoi, HaMelech Shloyma is a marshal for Hashem, Melech Shahashaloim Shaloi, Chazal say, the king who peace belongs to him, look at the crown that his mother made, and we have to understand who this mother is, and it's B'yayim Chasunasoi Zem a crown that was made for the Rebbein Neshalayim. Now the question is, Sheyekacha, let's say this is the Remez in the Pasuk, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if Haman knew this Maimer, but if Haman said it, and it's quoted in the Tanakh, so this is the idea. What's the connection? This is a fundamental idea that he puts out. Everything that happened on Matan Torah happened again on Purim. Everything that was revealed on Matan Torah emerged a second time on Purim. The Pasuk says in the Megillah, at the end of the Megillah in chapter 9, it says that the Jewish people accepted what they began to do. It's a very difficult Pasuk. So Chazal say that by Purim, what they began by Matan Torah. So this was like a second experience of Matan Torah, but completely in a different way. Matan Torah was God coming down with fanfare and drama and shayfim it lapidim with lightning. It was a whole different experience. Purim came through, so to speak, a very big and mushy and enmeshed political mess and a lot of darkness and a lot of drinking. It was a whole different experience. But essentially, he says, everything that was nizgala Matan Torah, the same chinnis, the same minyanim, came out on Purim. It's a avart. The whole Matan Torah was a, was a, was a Hamshech of Purim. I'm sorry, Purim was a Hamshech of Matan Torah. So with the Vekibel, as Hashem Echelu Lassas, Kibel Matan Torah, Shamru Nisol Nasa, Vinishme Echelu Lassas, Shoyerakaschola, Memordechayoy Gemara Kabbalah. By Matan Torah was Hechelu. Hechelu means the beginning. The Haschola. Hechel means to begin. Ata Hechalto Laharis Asavdacha, right? Hechel means to begin. That's when they began, began, they said Nasa Vinishma. Time of Mardechai, Kimu Vikiblu Ayyodim. It was completed. It was finally accepted and internalized. Which all needs to be explained. Why is he saying this? Now we'll understand why whatever happened, my Matan Torah happens again. So Haman says, it's time to bring out the garment. It's time to bring out the horse. It's time to bring out the crown. Because we're preparing for Matan Torah. Obviously, Haman knew this on a subconscious level, not on a conscious level. Like I just level, he was not preparing for Matan Torah. He's preparing for the end of Matan Torah. But that's on a conscious level. On a subconscious level, he was saying, we need a new Matan Torah. If we need a new Matan Torah, so we first of all need the garment, Hashem Molech Geis Lovich. We need the horse, Kisir Kaval Susecha. And we need the crown, B'yoyim Chasunos, he's a Matan Torah. That's why Haman summons these three things. First taste, the so we need these three things because we're preparing for Matan Torah. Sometimes that happens. You're saying one thing, but your subconscious knows that something else has to happen. You understand? And it leads you in ways that you don't think you're being. You think you're doing the opposite. Really, you're just preparing the grounds for a new Matan Torah. The Chidush Arim once said that he had a conversation with a shikir, a drunk. This guy used to drink a lot. But when it came to the month of Adar, the moment Rish Chodesh Adar hit the calendar, he was inebriated for a whole month. 
day and night, the man was smashed and drunk. So they asked him, my high, it says one day a year. A person is obligated to become intoxicated. I'm Purim. Purim is one day. You have Shushan Purim in Yerushalayim. Fine, another day. But if we do an alcohol, alcoholism a whole month, what's, what's the source? Yeah, listen to a smart drunk. A shikha, but a smart guy. The Chidusha then brings this. So the Shiki says, I'll tell you. He said, it's Poshet. I always wondered, why was Haman so stupid? He designated one day to exterminate the Jewish people. Yud Gimel Adar, Lahashmid Ladega Lahabit, Kola Yehudim and Nairad Zakatav Anoshim Biyoyim Echad. Didn't he realize how foolish that is? Many Jews could go into hiding for a day. They can find a cellar, find an attic, go to a forest. Yeah, find a neighbor to hide by, and then they come out the next day, and the edict is over, you're not allowed to kill them anymore. You have to designate some time, give it a week, give it two weeks, give it three weeks, give it a month, until you can find all the Jews and kill them, one day and it's over. The Shikis says, I'll tell you, Haman had a hunch that it's not going to work. Because he already knew Pare's experience. Uh, he knew Sanchedev. He knew Nebuchadnezzar. He knew Jewish history. So he felt it may not work. And if it doesn't work, what's going to happen? It's going to become a holiday. Haman at Nishikent Faginen, as the Yidin is on fire in Fachaydish. He couldn't stand that the Jews are going to celebrate and drink for a full month. He couldn't deal with that. So he said, you know what? I'll kill them in one day. If it works, Matoiv. And if not, They'll have a party for one day. So he says, Just because Haman was so rude, obnoxious, and self-centered, that he doesn't want Jews to party, I have to suffer. He says, I'm the only one who's doing it the way it was planned. The way it was supposed to be. He wanted to kill us for a month, we have to celebrate for a month. Therefore, by me, Adelayad is a whole month. Right? So the, uh, the shikha was telling you not just what Haman planned, what he really planned. He was preparing a yamtif. <laughs> he was preparing a yamtif. He didn't want it for a month. Because he didn't want, I have to suffer? We have a, well, a whole month. Kashazaman v'loi kasherasa. Very good. Vasisim loi kasherazaman v'loi kasherasa. The way it was planned, huh? Edim Zaymerman. He was Edim Zaymerman. And it was Taka Kasher Zomam, right? Because the Kasher also didn't happen. So here we see on a more, on a spiritual level, that on one level, Haman was asking for the garment for himself. It turned out to be a garment for Mordechai, right? So on a deeper level, it turns out that it's a garment for Hashem. It's really the story, even literally. Haman thinks he's getting a garment and a horse and a crown for himself. It turns out he's getting it for Mordechai. He doesn't realize it. So Alter Rebbe says on a deeper level, he's preparing Matan He's creating these, he's retrieving these garments for the Rebbeinah To explain all of this, number one, what's the continuum here of Matan Number two, what's the significance of these items of the garment and of the horse and of the... And of the crown, in order to explain this, it'll be 
explained with an introduction. An introduction is Levaya Maimer Chazal, Maimer Razal, to explain the statement of our sages. The purpose, the objective of Chachma, of wisdom, is Tshuva, repentance, return, and good deeds. Shenema, the Pasuk says in Tehillim, Reishis Chachma, Yires Hashem, Seichel Toiv L'chal Oiseihem, Zog de Gemara L'loimdeyem, Loinemar Ela L'oiseihem. The Pasuk says in Tehillim that the beginning of Chachma, the genesis of wisdom is Yiras Hashem, the fear of God. In other words, all Chachma, for it to be wise and stable, it needs a beginning. Yiras Hashem. I don't know why this popped into my head, but it popped in, I'll say it to you. There's a Jew Dennis Prager in California. So I was once, uh, I was once had a lecture with him. So he said that he was a student in Columbia University. And uh, there was a professor there who explained the beauty of the Soviet communist system under Stalin and explain how beautiful it is and how wonderful it is. Any Jew, anybody who knows anything about, the, we could ask the Russians here, know that it was one of the worst Gehenims in human history. Both of my parents grew up in Russia so, and they suffered tremendously there. And But he was explaining it to the millions of people who believed in Stalin and socialism and communism. Some still do. So he said, when he went out of the lecture, he asked himself, how is it possible that brilliant professors, really brilliant people, they weren't like really brilliant people, should should spew such absurdities, should speak such nonsense. And he did, he couldn't understand it. And then he said he opened the Tehillim and he came to this passage, the genesis of wisdom is the awe of God. And he realized... There's no Yiris Hashem. The Chachma can be so twisted and exploited and manipulated to an extreme. So the Gemara uses this Pasuk that Seichel Toiv Lechal Oiseihem. It's a good Seichel for all those who do it. So the Gemara says it doesn't say for those who learn it. It says for those who do it, who practice it. So from here we learn that Tachlis Chachma is Masim Toivim. Loiseihem. Seichel Toiv Lechal Oiseihem. If it's Chachma, right? So the main thing is learning. He says the main thing is Tachlis Chachma is Masim And the Gemara says, And if somebody who learns with the objective of not doing, It would have been better if the amniotic sack had turned over. Which is a nice way of saying, maybe not such a nice way of saying, a way of saying, like, this person's birth is a tragedy. Because primarily what counts is behavior. This is a Gemara in Yerushalmi, Meseches Shabbos, Perik Aleph, that somebody who learns, and the objective is not to do. And I'm not even interested in that. Rather, my intellectual brilliance and enlightenment, but not the transformation of the human being and their behavior... That's not the way to live. That's not the purpose of life. And if it's not the purpose of life, it's forfeiting the purpose of life. How do Chazal express that? So the whole birth becomes a question because there was a purpose for life. Very good. Very good. When theories, you're saying when theories are purely abstract 
and they, on paper they make beautiful sense. And there's no lasses. <laughs> there's no application to real life and how people had to live under it. You could spew any theory in the world. Right? Why not? It's nice. On paper it's very idealistic. Nobody owns anything. There's no jealousy. And you have the peace of a country and it's amazing. Huh? Equality. Everybody is equal. There's no kina, there's no tachrus, no competition, and no jealousy. Until some people become more equal than others. But on paper, it doesn't have to work that way. The animal farm can be perfect. So when the, yeah, it's in many things this way. When there's no lassois, right? There's no relevance to real life. So then, you could believe whatever you believe. And it doesn't have relevance, and therefore you could sometimes say very, you know, very foolish things. <laughs> when people generally have opinions and ideas, it's good to ask them, did you ever have experience with this? You're giving advice to somebody, did you ever have experience with this? Personal experience, real experience, and how much experience they have with it. Right? It's important. But this is a general insight. So the Balatanya now goes further and he says... This is referring to when you, when you narrow it down we're talking about a specific halacha and that is that the tachlis of learning is to do the mitzvah so the Gemara makes it clear in this is talking about a mitzvah that can't be done through another person but if there's a mitzvah that can be done through another person or through others Amru Razal the Gemara says in Meseches Mayit Katan Daftes Al Pasuk Bechol Chafetzim Lo Yishvu Ba, and all Chafetzim, all objects and all desired things do not equate to her to Torah. Afilu Chafetzim Shamayim, even Chafetzim of Shamayim, even heavenly items. Shekal Hamitzvus Einam Shavim Afilu L'Davar Echad Midivrei Torah. All of the mitzvahs don't equate even to one word or one thing of Torah. In other words, there's something about Torah that's even greater than all the mitzvahs. So the Gemara makes a, a distinction. That what? One ta- sometimes we say the whole tachlis of learning is practice. Sometimes we say, even In other words, not only your own stuff, even God's stuff, which are mitzvahs, don't come close to Torah. So the Gemara says that one mitz- one union of Torah is greater than the mitzvahs. And the Gemara answers, depends what type of mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that could be done through somebody else. In other words, somebody else can do it. Then I should continue learning. But if it's a mitzvah that can't be done through somebody else, so if it's not, I don't do it, it's not going to be done, then I have to close the safe and do the mitzvah. That's the distinction the Gemara makes. But if it's a mitzvah that could be done through somebody else, then I should continue learning because Torah has a greatness over mitzvah. On the other hand, if it's not going to be done because I can't do it through somebody else, there's nobody to do it or it's something I have to do myself. Right? I can't have somebody else eat matzah for me. So therefore, I stop learning and I do the mitzvah. So we see that there's a mile in Torah over mitzvah. And yet, on the other hand, if it's a mitzvah that somebody can't do, then you have to stop the learning because the Maila Dafka and the Mitzvah even over Divrei Taira. When a vayir atabchine o Maila shesh bekiya Mitzvah sal Divrei Taira al derech Maimer Chazal tachlus chachma kanal v'aloy mitzloy lasses. In this Maimer he says we want to explain the Maila of the Mitzvah over Taira over the words of Taira. 
like the Gemara says, Tachlis Chachma, Truva Masim Taivim. Here we see that the objective of learning is the action. And if somebody learns not to do, it's better if they weren't born. So we're going to focus now on this Maila, even though there's another aspect, which other Maimonim will focus on. For Inyan, to understand this, Kine Chachma, Yereshis Haishtalshlus. Chachma, the attribute of Chachma is what's known as the beginning of Ishtalshlus. Ishtalshlus means the beginning of the spiritual evolution of divine energy, like a chain. Shalshelus, Ishtalshlus is like a chain. Each rung follows the rung above it, and in this case, the energy evolves and devolves, like going through, going down a chain from rung to rung to rung to rung, until it comes down to the bottom of the chain. You know, you talk about the food chain, right? The food chain. How it goes from once to another to another to another, and in each place it goes through a transformation. This is Ishtalshalus. The beginning of it is always Chachma. Chachma is the beginning. We always start with Chachma, that's the first. In a person, Chachma is that flash, that first moment of awareness, because before that it's subconscious. Higher than Chachma, you have Keser, we'll soon see. But Chachma is the beginning of Ishtalshalus, the beginning of the evolution of the person's energy from Chachma, there is Bina, there is Das, there is Chesed, there is Gvur, etc. Upchines ha-Ishtalshelus, he kishalshelus. Ishtalshelus comes from the word shalshelus, a chain. Meharbe tabois achuzois zubazu. What makes a chain a chain? Not one ring. There's many rings, and each one is connected to the next. One ring is, is achuzois, means it's, uh, one ring is linked. Interlaced, interconnected, interringed. Just made up a word. But one ring is connected to the other ring. That's what makes it a chain. If the rings are disconnected, if the rungs are disconnected, it can't be a shalshalos. So when you say chachm is the beginning of ishtalshalos, it always means there's more to come. Hishtashlus means there's a relationship between the various rungs, the various levels. It's part of a system. It's part of a chain. You know, you say you have a chain in a company, you have a chain in, in, in nature, right? In the ecosystem, you have a chain within the whole cosmic blueprint is a chain. And Chachm is the beginning of that chain. That means there's a lot going on. There's many taboys. Shemimen and Hishtashlu Hamidos. Because from Chachma, there's an evolution. There's a Hishtalshalus of the Midas. Midas come from Chachma, from awareness. Which on a practical level means every emotion, every sensation, every experience, every emotive frequency is rooted in some form of awareness. Not always easy to see, right? I'm very emotional because of you. It's not because of you, it's because of how I process who you are. And that's always based on awareness. You understood what I just said? And the Chachma is enclosed in the middle. In other words, if you take apart the emotion, the sensation, the experience, you're going to find an awareness there. It's not so easy to take apart, because when I'm emotional, I'm just emotional. But the Chachma is inside it's inside the Midah. Because the Chachma is Nishtalshal. It develops into the Midah. So the Chachma is like the battery. It's an engine. It's an inner, it's the inner consciousness behind the Midah. Behind the Midah there's a Chachma. There's an idea. There's a belief system. There's a belief system. It's very hard to get to that belief system. 
In the world of addiction, one of the hardest things about healing addiction is the underlying beliefs that lead to it. Right? People sometimes just focus on the behavior. It's important to focus on the behavior. We see the tachlis is behavior, but still, if I don't deal with the belief system that's fueling the behavior, I'm completely blind. I'm lost. Because the real monster is hidden. So you have to always know what's the chachma inside the midah. Inside the drive and inside the crazy intense emotion, there's something there. There's a belief system. There's an idea. Not so easy to get to it because it's usually covered up very, very well with many masks. And not just Purim masks, but more intense masks. Because that belief system has to be protected. Winston Churchill said, in a time of war, the most precious truth is protected by many bodyguards of lies. So the bodyguards protect it. They protect it. They don't want it to be exposed. So therefore you have to find the Chachma in the Midas. Okay. The Midas also create Ishtashalos. The Midas are dressed up in thought, and the thoughts in words, and the words in the behaviors. So we have here, he says, five things in this chain. You have Chachma, you have Midas, you have Machshava, you have Dibur, and you have Maisa. And even though it's true that Chachma comes, as it says in the Pasuk in Mishlei, Chachma me'ayin timotzei, where are you going to find Chachma? But the Alter Rebbe teaches Chachma me'ayin timotzei, Chachma comes from Ayin. In other words, Chachma comes out of Ayin, that's why it's the beginning of Eshtal Shaluz, because before Chachma, it's Ayin. No thingness doesn't have any tangible reality. It's subconscious. Chachma comes out of ayin. That's true. Im kolzem. Nikra. Aver ma Avraham shubchinas aver vekeli lislapshus pchinas chachma kayachma shachachma atzma him hamalubeshes betoy chamidus v'lochen ksiva chachma may ayin temotze v'loy ayin mamish chachma comes out of ayin it's the beginning as he says it's the source but it's called rachus rachus chachma it's something revealed already chachma is the way the ayin emerges. And because it emerges, there's number two that comes from it, there's number three, and they're connected. The number one, Chachma, is already prepared for number two and number three. So Chachma is the beginning of an emergence of something that precedes a conscious eye. It precedes that. Chachma is the beginning of an epiphany of an idea that comes from a place of ayin, where there's no conceptualized eye. And even though it's the, but it's the beginning. And because it's the beginning, there's already number two, there's already number three. And the, and the first is part of that. So this is Avram was chesed. Avram is called Avraham. It says in Kabbalah, Avram is two words. Aver, ma. A limb of ma. Aver is a limb of ma. What is ma? Chachm is called in Zoyar, koyach ma. The koyach of 
what. And the reason it's called ma is because Chachmah, you say what. It's not tangible. It's not yet tangible. In Bina, the idea already becomes more concretized. It becomes assimilated into the structure of I. In Chachmah, it's still transcendent because it comes from the place of Ayin. In a person's life, you have Ayin in which there's no, you can't recognize consciousness, you can't recognize I. We don't live in Ayin. We live outside of the Ayin. Chachma is that bridge between the Ayin and the Yesh. And then from Chachma begins the whole process of Ishtalshlo. So he says, Avramavinu is called Aver. It's a limb of Ma, because Chachma is enclosed in the Midas. That's why it says, Chachma may Ayin Timotse. You don't say Chachma is Ayin. If Chachma is Ayin, it wouldn't be manifested in the Midas. Chachma is may Ayin. It comes to mind, but it emerges, and therefore it has already a relationship with that which comes after. Moshe says about himself in Parshas B'Shalach, what are we? We are ma, not just a koyach of ma. I have a heavy mouth and a heavy tongue. So the Zoya says, My tongue won't produce Torah Shabalpeh, and my mouth and my tongue are too heavy for Torah Shabiksav. Kvat peh. I'm not capable of producing Torah Shabal peh. Kvat Lashen, I'm not capable of producing Torah Shabiksav. The level of his soul transcended Torah. Torah, it says in Zoya, comes out of Chachma. Because Chachma is the beginning of the Gilui of the Ayin. And therefore, the Ein Soif is manifested in Chachma, already in a play, way we call Mamalakalaman. Which means, the way godliness encloses itself in each world according to its level and gradation. That begins with Chachma. And Torah comes from there. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Kvat Peh, Kvat Lashen. I can't produce Torah because his soul is rooted in the Ayin itself. And in the Ayin itself, it's even beyond Chachma. So therefore he says, why are you sending me? I'm not a man of words. Because Moshe comes even from a deeper place. So Chachma is a major transformation. Because Chachma, that's where there's the beginning of an idea, of an epiphany, of a consciousness that can ultimately lead to internalization, to the structure of self. You have Ayin. On one level. You have Yesh on another level, different frequency. And you have Chachma is me ayin timatse. Chachma is that bridge. So Chachma creates a major transformation. That's why it's called the beginning of Ishtalshalos. Above Chachma, there's no Ishtalshalos. Above Chachma, it's pure ain't safe, pure infinity. In a person's life, pre Chachma, we usually don't have access to. My subconscious, my superconscious, I don't have access to it. In other words, when I'm thinking about my I, or about anything else, right, everything that emerges from my awareness is already part of my structure. Beyond Chachma, it's a place of I, no thingness. There's no tangible I, no tangible identity. Pure consciousness, pure awareness, without an I. The bridge happens in Chachma. In Chachma, there's a form of consciousness, but without an I there. 
It's not the way the consciousness is internalized into my structure. It's pure conscious. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Not really. Huh? No. Machshav is much later. You see, there's Chachma, Midas, then Machshava Dibamais. Even intellectual experience, you can understand that sometimes a person is stuck, you don't, and then suddenly there's a flash of wisdom. They call it an epiphany. Yeah? It's like a light, Alter Rebbe calls it a lightning. Baraka Mavrik. You know, the light bulb goes on in your brain. What just happened? Where did that come from? It came from Ayin. You don't know where it came from. It came from inside of you. It was always there. But it wasn't there in a way that I had any access to it. I couldn't tap into it. Something happens, usually a lot of humility, where boom, and you're like, I got it. So I say, what did you get? Write it down. Tell me. What's the worst thing you could do at that moment? Write it down or tell me. The moment you start talking about it, what happens? Gone. Gone forever. Gone forever. You almost, you, you can't talk. You can't write. Why? You have to, you have to be quiet. You have to tune in. There was something that came from a place of ayin. It's, it's touching the world of, of yesh. It's touching the world of concretization, of assimilation into structure. It was a moment of transcendence. But right now, you didn't get it. It got you. In Chachma, there's already a consciousness, there's an awareness, but the eye is still invisible. Bina is the opposite. Bina is you take this epiphany and you write a paper, you give a speech, you give a presentation, and it's never going to be as rich and as clear as in Chachma. Because in Chachma, there was no I. And in Bina, it's all about I. It's about how I understand the idea. In Chachma, the idea defines me. In Bina, I define the idea. Now, we need Bina because without Bina... There's no I. It remains in, in a transcendent space. It has to come down. But it's a tremendous, tremendous descent. Bina is already yesh. Bina is you build a house. It's an idea. It's concrete. It has a beginning. Chachman, there's no beginning. There's no middle. There's no end. Because it's it's flowing from a place of ain't seif. In deep spiritual experiences, you have different stages. Bina is always, my awareness comes from the I. My I creates awareness. In Chachmah, the awareness creates the I. I can't live in that space forever. In deeper than Chachmah, there's no awareness. It's Ayin. So he says, Chachmah may Ayin Tamatzi, that's the beginning of Ishtashalos. Chachmah is the beginning of Ishtashalos. From Chachmah, there's going to be Bina, there's going to be Midas, there's going to be Machshavah. It all begins with Chachmah. And that's why it's called Reishis. It's a revealed beginning. So Avram Avinu is called Aver Ma. He's a limb of Ma. Because his chesed is a manifestation of Chachma. There's a Chachma Malubash in the chesed of Avram Avinu. It's called Aver Ma. Moshe Rabbeinu says, I can't speak. You can't give the Torah through me. He's beyond Chachma. It's Ayin. V'nachnu Ma. I, I am Ma. Moshe, that's why he's in the water. He comes from water. You can't live underwater. <laughs> it's a death of ego. Why do you name Moshe? He came from water. He came from water, but he wasn't born in the water. I mean, every child is born in the water, I guess. But at some point, the answer is that was Moshe. Moshe was born. He came from a place where essentially we call it death. He was always in a mikveh. Now, if you're always in a mikveh, you have to call the Chavakadisha, right? I'm saying if you're under, I don't mean if you're Kratzach in the mikveh, listening to the music. I mean under, in the mikveh. You can't live there. Because for us, ayin is death. It's the death of ego. <laughs> for Moshe, that was life. You take him out of the water, 
do me a favor, please. Don't take me out of this. You understand? What for him is life is for me death. What for me is life is for him death. You have to understand different people. In other words, Chachma is the way the ayin meets the yesh. Chachma is the way. Huh? Chachma is the way the ayin comes into the world of yesh and it overwhelms the yesh, but it's already not pure ayin. Whenever you're, you're in a confrontation with the opposite, even if you win, you're already lost. Because you're defined by your enemy. You understand what I'm saying? When you win a debate, you also lost. Because the other side already defined you. It pulled you into its orbit. I'm, I'm using a, a strange example. The fact that Chachma has to prove itself in the world of Yesh, it's already nisht ayin. Verstehst? It's very subtle. When ayin comes into the Yesh, it's nisht ayin. Because the Yesh is like, Verbistu. When the balabas. Yeah, you're already not the balabas. You're, you're, it's already not ayin. It's the way ayin is felt in the yesh. Huh? Yeah. And then ultimately in the middas. I'm sorry, somebody said something? Yeah. So Moshe couldn't articulate. That's why he couldn't speak. It's not because he could speak, he didn't have what to say. <laughs> how do you give the ocean to people? How do you, how do you bring the ocean to people? I could take a cup, fill it up with water, and say, here's the Atlantic. Here, here's the Atlantic Ocean. That's what we all do. We use words, 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 blah, 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 blah. And more blah. The words are beautiful, but what's that to do with ayin? Silence, silence. Why should says, don't let, don't cause me to speak. Dr. Rebbe had a son, Reb Chaim Avram. He had three sons. His oldest, Reb Doivber, Rabbeinu Doivber, succeeded him, the middle Rebbe. The middle one, Reb Chaim Avram, and then a younger one, Reb Moshe. Reb Chaim Avram was a very, very modest and clandestine person, and he barely spoke. He was Meirich Yamim. He lived into the days of the Tzemach Tzedek, and he lived in the city of Lubavitch, and he looked like his father. That's how when they got the painting of the Alter Rebbe, they could testify that it was the Alter Rebbe because Reb Chaim Avram lived so long, so when they found the painting, years later, it was painted while he was in prison. I don't know if you know. The, the painting of the Alter Rebbe was painted when he was in prison by a Gentile. He was in a, fa- in a cell, and he was, he was downtrodden there. He was very, he was, it was very, this is the czarist in prison, prisons of 1700s. You could still see what he looked like in prison. Just realize this. He wasn't in his, in his natural uh, environment. A little tiny room, they didn't even have a window, you know, not nothing. So, uh, why am I saying this? Ah, so, when they found the picture, they could testify with him, because his, gra- his son, Reb Chaim Avram, looked just like him, and he was still alive. So they used to ask him to speak, to say over things, and he never liked to. Once they nudged, then they nudged, don't say it from yourself, say over from your father, say over from the Alter Rebbe. So finally, after begging and begging him, he agreed. For Shalashudis, he's going to say, well, the big oilam came to hear him speak. And he sat down, and everybody was waiting. And he opens up his mouth, and he quotes a posik from Tehillim: "Belibi tzafanti imrasecha, leman loy echtalach." I have hidden your words in my heart so that I don't sin. 
<laughs> that was that was the Torah. In other words, when it, he did it when it came lepoyli. Yeah. The point is that words are beautiful in a world of 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 structure. In a world of ayin, words are tragic. They just are complete distractions. So Moshe says, I'm not a man of words. Kvat pek, kvat loshen. So the Zoya says, Teresha Bixav can't come from me. Teresha Balpek can't come from me. Because Teresha is articulation of divine wisdom. Chachma comes from Ayin, but Chachma emerges. Moshe is Ayin itself. In the language of Chassidus, Chachma is the beginning of a process which will be Memale Kalalman. The energy is going to become concretized in each world. Aval four lines from the bottom. Avala others vam shachas erin seiv baruchu b'maisa mitzvus. Hagashmi is trumas u'maisdes who b'pchinis seiv of kalalman shaloi b'derech hadragiv v'shtalshlus ela b'derech diluk. The ein seiv that comes out in Torah that's called chachma that's mamale. The ein seiv that comes out in the mitzvus, for example, giving truma or meiser, taking my grain and percentages of it giving to the poor. Or to the destitute, or to the koyanim, to the levim, this is a manifestation of soivim kalman. Soivim kalman means the divine energy that does not descend through ishtalshalus, through the evolutionary process of level after level. Bederich dilug. It emerges as dilug. Dilug means a leap, a quantum leap, like a jump. Kamashakasov, koil doidi doifik, hine medaleg alaharim. There's moments that doidi, emerges as a medale, he leaps over mountains. There's a gradual descent. You come down, lower, like in a rung, like the rungs of a ladder, like the rungs of a chain. A ladder, you go down step after step after step. The word madrega means step. But then there's medale galahara. And the reason is, we call it dilug, a leap, because that light is not manifested in the physical realities in which the mitzvahs are being done, like chachma is manifested in midas, and midas in machshava, and machshava in dibur, etc. Over there, it actually holds on to the higher light. Here, the soiv of Kalaman is not enclosed in the physical in a manifested way. That's why it's called a dilug. It's called a leap, a jump. And he explains as follows. The Indian is. We'll go for another 10 minutes. If the oid ain't soif, if the light of ain't soif in the worlds would only flow in a way of ispashtus and islapshus, meaning it would be manifested in what we call mamalikalam and through the ishtashlus ilava alul, ilava alul. Ila means a cause and alul means a result. Ila is an antecedent and alul is that which is born from it. Like the seed of an apple tree is the ila of the apple tree. Right, The mother's egg and the father's seed is the ila for the baby, for the fetus. Everything in the world has an ila and an alul. 
This table came from lumber, which came from the branch or from the trunk of a particular tree. There's the ila and there's the Allah. If the hishtalshalus of divine energy would be ila va'alo, which means there's a relative descent from one ila, I come from my mother, she comes from her mother, she comes from her mother, all the way back to Chava. But the genes of Chava are expressed in me, even though it's thousands of years later. Because ila va'alo, there's always a relationship. The apple tree comes from a seed which came from a previous apple, which came from a previous apple tree, all the way back to the original, and the properties are similar. In a natural world, it doesn't happen that a horse gives birth to a donkey, or gives birth to a human being, even though some of us, some people, some told him it's Yeah, you ever got that compliment? An elephant gives birth to an elephant. An elephant doesn't give birth to a camel or to a giraffe or to a cheetah. Why not? <laughs> the answer is every elah produces its alul. And the alul reflects the properties of the elah. It's clear. That's how it is. We call it the generic, the generic inheritance. Right? The genes of my mother and father ultimately, are in the cell. They define the cell, which is replicated into my, by a lot, my biological organism. And the same as, that's your ila. And it, it, it's very rich because, you know, things are passed down thousands of years later. You still carry them. It's not just you had a great, 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 you know, we don't know the names of our grandfathers after a certain generation. You know, some people have family trees. But generally, you know, after uh, Elta Zay, the Elta Baba, how, how much more back do you know? You don't know them, but your body knows all of them. <laughs> your body knows every Zaydan Baba that ever lived. You could talk to it. <laughs> and it carries their stories. Because it carries their, 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 literally their genes. And everything that's inside of it. The positive and the challenging. You know, like in epigenetics. So therefore, that's a classic case of Ilava Allah. And that's how the world works. Everything is ilavalo. I invest $1 into a business and I hope it'll produce $100. I invest $20,000 into a company and I hope I'll make $30,000 or maybe even better. So it starts with an ilah and then there's an alo. What comes of it? And there's always a connection between the ilah and the alo. The first domino pushes down the fall of the first domino creates the fall of the second domino, the third domino, the fourth domino. You can have a thousand dominoes. It all began with the first. Elah va'alul, there's always a relationship between the original Elah and the last Elah, even if it took 5,000 years. To simple words, the properties of the original Elah will be manifested in the final Elah. And therefore you can identify the final product in potentiality in the original product. Newtonian physics is ilava alul. Newtonian physics said if I could theoretically identify all of the facts about the universe, I can predict exactly what is going to happen in any place at any time. I simply need the variables. I need all the facts. I need to know, you know, the station of every domino. But if I could, it's just a natural progression. It's ilava alul. Einstein got rid of that. We'll soon see how it works spiritually.
So the Alter Rebbe says like this, if the whole Hishtalshalus would have been Ilava Olu, what's Pshat Ilava Olu? An evolution, Nothing would emerge from Ayin to Yesh. Because the leap from Ayin to Yesh is not Ilava Olu. The entire reality would be subsumed in the source, which is ayin. Even the emergence of Hashem's chachma, the highest level of chachma, on which it says in the introduction to the Kuna Yisrael, you are a chachma, but not with known chachma. In other words, your chachma is not defined chachma, it's chachma law, even that. The very fact that it has a name, Chachma, means it's something. It's something. It has a name. It has. A, it's called Chachma. This couldn't emerge from Oyrein Saif because the name of Ein Saif is Ein Saif. Ein Saif means infinite. Endless. No space, no time devoid of it, which also means no definition, no description. Not even a description of consciousness, of awareness, of Chachma. It would have remained subsumed in its source. A mashal is when your midis are still in your idea. When your midas are still pregnant in the idea. Midas come from the seichel that gives birth to them. The midas was submerged in the seichel before they were born as felt midas. But when the midah is living in the Seichel, it doesn't have the name Midah, only after it's born. So every Midah, before it comes out, revealed, it's first there in the awareness. But over there, it doesn't have its own separate identity. It's just part of the awareness, even though later it's going to be born and come out as a separate thing. The same is true Chachma. In its source, it's not Chachma. Everything is in the Ein Saif. But it's not concrete, it's not tangible, doesn't have a name. For Chachma now to emerge as an entity, it can't be through Ishtal Shalos. That's why it says, Chachma may Ayin Timotze. It's like a Metzia. When you say, what does it mean I found a Metzia? Unexpected. Not anticipated. It came from nowhere. I don't know where. It's a Metzia. You're walking in the street. You found it. <laughs> it like almost, it emerged from nowhere, right? It's an expression. When I bought something in the store, there's a process. Right? The farmer came to the store, he sold it to the store owner. I come to the store, I bring it home, etc. It's not a Metzia. A Metzia means, boom! From Vu, it's a Metzia. Why is Chachma called a Metzia? 
because it's not expected to come out, because based on Heshtalshelus, on Ilava Olul, it couldn't happen. Ilava Olul, the Olul has to have a relationship with the Ilah. There is a connect, connection between the antecedent and the seed. The apple tree comes from an apple seed, because the seed has in it the DNA, the properties, the manual, the blueprint, to build a tree, and an apple tree, not an orange tree. So the Olul is always a continuum of the Ilah, but the Yesh is not a continuum of Ayin. Yesh is the opposite of Ayin. It's the death of Ayin. Ayin is the death of Yesh. Chachma was there, but the way Chachma was there in the source, it wasn't Chachma. It was ain't safe. For Chachma to emerge as Chachma, that's a quantum leap from divine infinity to come into divine structure. To the beginning of divine structure. Chachma is not Mamr's structure yet, but it's the source for structure. It's the beginning of Ishtalshalos. That couldn't happen through evolution, through a gradual development from one level of energy to another level of energy. From Seichel, from Chachma to Midis, Machshava, Dibur, Maisa, that's Ishtalshalos. It's one rung coming out of another rung. It's the baby born from the mother. But from Ayin to Chachma, he said it couldn't happen through Ilavalu. If it would just be Ilavalu, Chachma would always remain submerged in its source and not emerge. Because the Alul is always a continuum of the Ilah. It's a development of the Ilah. It's not a dilug, it's not a quantum leap. What would it look like then? He says Chachma would not look like. It would be part of Ein Saif. Ein Saif has everything. It has all the things. Like we always speak, the world was there before creation too. But what world was there? It was a world of Ein Saif. The Chiddush of creation was Es HaShamayim. Oisius, letters, diversity, Definition, description, structure. So it's a derech metziah. What does this mean? V'hainu me'aras p'chines soiv of kalam. For chachma to emerge, you need soiv What does it mean, soiv of? U'mikol shekein liyas yisavus me'ayin liyash gashmis. Certainly to get from ayin to the yesh gashmi, to the physical. She'ein yisavus ha'gashmis men'aruchni yisderech yishtal shlus ilava olam. Physicality can't emerge from spirituality through because there's absolutely no connection, no erech, no comparison between the spiritual energy and the physicality of it. So something had to happen to have the yesh emerge from ayin. It was not the regular system of ilava alo. I, we always talk about the fact that everything physical really comes from spiritual energy. So he says, we speak about the animal soul being rooted in the animals of the Merkava the ox, the lion, the eagle, the animal and the person rooted again 
in the Pnei Adam, the face of the Adam in the Merkava. That's true. That's when you're talking about soul. That's when you're talking about consciousness. When you're talking about spirituality. When you're talking about life. But if you want to talk about the physicality of this world, a person is not just consciousness, a person is embodied consciousness. An animal is not just an animal soul, an animal is an animal. A bird is not just rooted in the divine Merkava, a bird is a bird! <laughs> a deer is a deer, a squirrel is a squirrel. <laughs> a fox is a fox, and a wolf is a wolf. The physicality, the gashmi. Where's that from? So he says, that wasn't an evolution of Ruchnius. Why? Because even if Ruchnius, spiritual energy, devolves myriads and myriads and myriads and myriads and myriads of levels, it's not going to produce a Gashmi. It's going to produce another spiritual entity that reflects the higher spiritual entity. That's called Hishtalshalus. Something happens to create a breakaway... (laughs) And suddenly a new reality emerges. It's called Gashmi. Yes, inside the Gashmi there's Ruchni. That's true. There's consciousness, there's depth, there's awareness, there's wisdom. Inside the elephant and inside the lioness and inside the ant and inside the bee. And it comes from the spiritual realities. It's called the Shtalshalos. That all explains the spirituality of the animal or the insect or the fish or the mammal or the bird or the tree or the rock. But there's the actual transformation into Gashmi, physical. That couldn't happen with Ilava Alal. Because Ilava Alal, it's gradual. It's always connected to the source and it points to the source. There's something new that happens in the physical. A leap. It's like a new reality. He says, what's this? This is Sayyid of Kalam. This is a direct flow from Sevakalam is the divine energy that completely transcends the worlds, who's a Kalyachal, is capable of anything. Darkness is like light. Spirituality and physicality are exactly the same. And therefore, in Sevav, you can have from Ayin suddenly a new Yesh. That's not a continuum, it's a new reality called Yesh. With this explanation, as we're going to see in the continuation, Valter Rebbe changes or offers a completely deeper perspective on how we see the spiritual versus the physical. Usually, spiritual mystics struggle with the physical and always tend to tell us that it doesn't even really exist. <laughs> Optical illusions. Huh? You're never blind. We're blind. Fine. You have optical illusions. Fine. You're dreaming. Yeah, we, 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 we all live in a reality where there's the physical, but it's, it's degraded, it's dismissed. It's like, yeah, you're living in a dark tunnel, in, in, in a box, and you think the world is physical. Especially today with quantum physics, you know, they, Mamachtab <laughs> Gashmi is like, <laughs> everything is consciousness. And in many disciplines, the form of meditation is to always take away, to go away from the physical embodiment. And in Greek philosophy, Plato was was the, he despised the, the the individual forms of things. Everything you wanted to go to the abstract, pristine source, huh? The content, of course, the content, the real substance, the energy behind it. It's not the person. It's personhood. It's not. It's not the tree. It's it's it's. It's so what, what the tree is, what the concept of a tree. That never comes out in a tree. The tree always ruins it. 
And here the Altarebbe is Megala, a whole new Indian. It's a Purim Dika, Purim Dika revelation here, an Adelayada Dika revelation. It's true that there's a level where the Yesh is completely detached from the Ayin and therefore you knock it, you're looking for the Ayin, but he says, that Yesh is a reality. <laughs> And the biggest proof that it's a reality is the whole Yiddishkeit revolves around it. <laughs> the whole Yiddishkeit revolves around it. Existence exists there. In other philosophies, there's always this struggle. So here he's revealing something. And he's saying that there's something about the Yesh that has something that, that's unique. <laughs> it actually comes from Soiviv. It's not Ilava'alul, exactly. Chisarin of the Yesh is its Maila. There was a quantum leap. It comes from a place of Kel Yachal. It's not like all the spiritual universes which evolve from each other, because Ilava'alul would not produce it. And we'll soon see, he'll explain more what this means and the ramifications of this in Avedis Hashem, which are quite profound. Be'ezir Hashem will have a shir tomorrow. I want to finish the Maimah before Purim, try. So tomorrow, 8 o'clock sharp. Have a beautiful day. Yeah. But Chachma is called Reishis. It means the beginning of Chachma, but also Chachma is called Reishis, because it's the beginning of a whole new process. Yeah, yeah. Real year is Bittal. <laughs> He's saying that's why Reishis Chachma Yiris Hashem, yeah. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.